Hey, Jan here. And what I'm going to cover in this specific video is the exact things to test in order to actually take your online marketing to the next level, increase your profit, scale, etc., etc. First off, a little bit about me, right? I'm the managing director of furniturescale.com. And in the last couple of years, we spent around 15 million euros on online ads for our clients helping them increase their profits, sales, and revenue through their online marketing. Now, that being out of the way, uh, let's get right into the content, right? So <clears throat> generally, it is very important with any kind of testing to have statistical significance, right? Um, now, what it actually means is uh, that you need to have reliable data in order to be able to judge things appropriately, right? If you don't have reliable data, what happens is like you're just spinning new wheels because you're testing something. It's not clear if it's working or not, but just kind of make a decision based on it, right? Which is not very good because if there's no statistical significance, you can't actually improve things, right? You're not going to know, okay, is this actually working better than this other thing I'm testing, et cetera, et cetera. So that's kind of the um, like a ground principle of this, right? Um, so <clears throat> one thing with that, with this concept of statistical significance is that it depends heavily on uh, your cost per acquisition, right? Because basically at the end of the day, that's going to help you determine how much you need to spend in order to get statistical significance and to be able to make a reliable decision, right? Just as an example, uh, you can, for example, spend a very low amount per click, but then the quality of that traffic is really, really bad. So you can't just look at the click cost. You can't just look at the card cost. You can't just look at the initiate checkout cost, et cetera, et cetera. You do have to look at the CPA at some point, right? Now, the problem with this becomes, if you have a furniture company, the cost per acquisition you have may be very high, right? The one that you're able to afford. For example, if you're selling, um, I don't know, like a more expensive kind of item, right? Uh, and you bring even CPA, it's like 3,000, 4,000 euros, USD, whatever it is, right? Because it's just like that kind of expense that people have to make in order to obtain your products. Um, what is going to help is you're going to have to spend all this money just to get a little bit of data, right? So it's very important to be very efficient with this because if you're not being efficient with it, one thing that's happening is you just don't have the control that you need to have, right? And because you're not going to have the control that you need to have, uh, you're just flying blind, right? And if you don't want to fly blind, you have to spend all this money at the end of the day, right? So it's very important to have good control over what is actually being tested at the, in the first place. So you're not overspending on testing unnecessarily and you're just like flushing money down the toilet, right? So that's option, that's part one. But part two is these networks, they're very discovery-based, right? For example, Facebook, uh, people aren't there to buy things. TikTok, people aren't there to buy things. Pinterest, same thing, right? And with these social networks that you're advertising on, it's just so messy because uh, you always need new creatives, right? So what happens is people see a creative, they interact with it, right? It's appealing, but once they see it for a second time or maybe even a third time or fourth time, they're just going to lose interest in a creative, right? So you're not going to be able to compete 
uh, with anyone who has a creative that is more fresh and that has the same level of quality, all factors being equal, right? Like same products and everything, hypothetically, right? Just saying. So if you don't test, you get problems. But if you do test, you get problems as well because you're spending money on these tests, right? So what exactly is the right amount of testing, right? Even if your CPA isn't like a thousand bucks or something like that, like even if like you're breaking even at like 30, 40, it's the same thing at the end of the day, right? It's something that should be optimized because it's just not as good as it could be otherwise, right? So there's two things to test in general, right? And what you need to do is you need to test the right amount of the right things at the right time, right? So how do you actually determine this? Generally, there's two things. Uh, the first thing to test is what we call micro variations. And then the other thing you can kind of call a macro variation, right? So macro, micro, uh, micro variation, it's kind of in a name. Uh, it's basically just to combat creative fatigue, right? To make things seem like the novel, even though the underlying psychological mechanism is the same, the underlying creative is the same, et cetera, et cetera. At the end of the day, it's pretty much the same. It just looks different and it feels different. Maybe the piece that grabs attention is different, et cetera, et cetera. So you don't run into these creative problems, right? So that's micro variations and that's where they come in. Now, then there's macro variations, right? What are macro variations? Macro variations are things of big uh, importance, right? That have a big impact on results, right? So the micro variations, they're basically maintenance. If you have something that's working, maintain it. But then the macro variations are to determine what new things are working and what new things may be working better, right? So the micro ones, they're more incremental, right? It's more incremental steps. You can get incremental improvements. You can maintain something that's working over time, uh, but you're not going to get any sort of big jumps in performance, right? And that's why, on the other hand, it's very important to test macro things as well, right? So macro things uh, being what kind of creative you're running, uh, what kind of psychological mechanism you're using, et cetera, et cetera. There's a bunch of different things like that. Um, they do play a very, very big role. And basically what it comes down to is it comes down to understanding the psychology of the user, how the user is experiencing things on the platform. And based on that, creating novel approaches and novel things. And those potentially have way more leverage than micro variations. Obviously, out of all the tests, the failure rate is going to be a bit higher, right, compared to the micro variations, because it's not as conservatively chosen. They're meant to be a little bit experimental, but obviously, at the same time, not be too experimental at the same time, right? Be on brand, all those kinds of things, right? Um, so, what's important with that is either of them is usually overdone, right? So, it's a specific one. The people are doing too much, right? Maybe they're picked too conservatively. Maybe they're being picked too aggressively. And because that's happening, one thing that occurs is you're not getting the optimal results you can get out of the account at any given moment in time. And the reason why that is actually happening is because there's a human bias, right? People are either overly loss averse, right? Or they're overly experimental. So what happens is, you're either too experimental, so you're trying all these new things and maybe you're trying things that don't actually make sense in the first place, et cetera, et cetera. Or you're being too conservative, right? And you're just doing like these incremental things, say, 
let's say we sell garden furniture, right? Like it's better if people sit on it versus if people don't sit on it, et cetera, et cetera. And like the setting is completely the same, et cetera, et cetera, right? Like that's what I would call a micro variation. And at the end of the day, those just don't have that much leverage and they just don't make that much of a difference. Because, um, yeah, um, I mean, at least in terms of like getting jumps in performance, again, good to combat fatigue because there's some novelty in it to an extent, but it's not novel enough to uh, achieve a drastic increase in results, right? Um, now, for the macro things, uh, one thing that really matters is uh, to pick them properly, right? Uh, for that, it does make sense to work with an expert uh, just because who has industry experience in a specific industry of case studies in a specific industry. Because otherwise what's happening is like there's macro things that are being tested that don't make any sense, right? And they're just, again, money flushed on the toilet. At the end of the day, uh, there's macro things that are proven to work, right? And you want to rely on those. Uh, you want to rely on a set of experience where someone can tell, okay, this is going to work, this is not going to work, um, that kind of stuff. For micro things, it's usually more about the volume, right? So it's basically just testing enough, right? Making sure there's enough tests uh, and also not too little tests at the same time, right? So it's basically about optimizing the volume there. Um, and at the same time, being very efficient with the testing budget. Now, with those two things, right, that I just said, so A, being efficient, and then B, the volume, one thing that we found for us worked, worked much better than doing it manually is to solve those kind of things for automation, right? So automating how campaign is being set up, et cetera, et cetera. Um, just because you can optimize the volume better, you can reinvest things into uh, creatives, you can reinvest those savings into copy, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and that's something that over the last couple of years, we've just been placing a very high emphasis on um, just because like those things need to happen, right? But they just don't, at the end of the day, make a big difference to uh, the client's bottom line. And the things that actually make a difference to the bottom line, um, I mean, those are like the things that we just discussed, right? Um, also the strategy that is behind it, right? Like if the things that you're doing macro and micro variations are for the wrong strategy, it's just not going to make any sense, right? So even more reason to uh, rely on a trusted expert. Um, so yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, with Facebook, uh, just a couple of different things about the platforms, right? Facebook and Pinterest, they basically have the same uh, time it takes for creatives to fatigue, right? Until uh, something fatigues, so the micro variation amount if the budget is similar, it's going to be quite similar. That makes sense, right? With TikTok, it's even more short-lived, right? Generally, because there's like these temporary trends that have to be leveraged uh, in the content. And then once the trend is over, the ad is also going to stop working, right? So you do need a new ad and you can't do ads successfully on TikTok that aren't feeding into these trends. So um, just something to keep in mind, right? So aside from that, um, yeah. Uh, yeah, again, like all of those reasons, like the micro variations, the volume, et cetera, that's basically why we develop uh, this software that we're using internally. Um, and that allows us to be aggressive enough while not being like completely overpriced, right? Because for example, there's agencies out there that would charge you like 12% of the ad spend or 5% of the revenue or something crazy like this. Um, but it really doesn't have to be this way, right? Because 
if they're being efficient, if they have the right processes, et cetera, et cetera, if they have the right industry experience, A, they don't need to test like an absurd amount of creatives. It needs to be a high amount, but not like a crazy high amount, essentially. But also have the right strategy in place that is actually going to make uh, all of the difference, right? And again, because of this optimization we've done, uh, we're not completely cheap, right? We don't work for free, obviously. Like we do have costs and staff. Uh, completely transparent, right? We do want to make profits when we work with clients. Uh, it's not a charity, but basically at the end of the day, um, we're much, much more affordable than like some of the numbers that I just talked about, right? And with the position that we have, um, it's basically completely unique, right? There's no one doing performance marketing the way we're doing it uh, for furniture businesses specifically, right? So there's just not that many providers basically that you can rely on this basically zero besides of us. Um, so yeah, in case you're interested in a collaboration uh, or learning more about any of the stuff that I just talked about, uh, you can just head over to our website, furniture-scale.com. And um, yeah, there uh, you can book a call and we can look at what exactly makes sense in your specific situation. Uh, we generally don't rely on like, any specific networks or anything like this. So there's no bias in terms of what we're doing, right? If we recommend you, hey, this is going to have a lot of leverage for you. It is going to have a lot of leverage for you. So you can trust us with this. And yeah, looking forward to seeing you on the other side. Right?